What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of High End Client Acquisition Podcast. My name is Marion, and today we got Dan Locke as a guest. He's an international best-selling author, huge, huge YouTube influencer, accomplished a lot of things throughout his journey from immigrating to Canada, learning the language, going through some family hardship, and a lot of other things. To be honest, the lessons that I learned personally in this episode are worth so much. I can't even say how important it is for you to pay attention to details on this one. Let's jump right into it. Welcome to High End Client Acquisition Podcast. My name is Marion. I'm your host, and this show is here to teach you how to attract your dream clients on autopilot in 30 days or less. Each week, I bring you a guest or a strategy that can help you take your business to the next level. Don't forget, you can always get the episodes in your inbox or messenger at clientacquisitionpodcast.com. All right. So first of all, I want to mention a couple of things. The main reason I wanted Dan on my podcast is I relate so much to his journey. He's an immigrant in Canada. I'm an immigrant in the United States. He's uh, actually one of my mentors. I've been through um, the high ticket closer certification program. More on that towards uh, the end of the interview. But you know, Dan accomplished so many things in the last 10 years or so. And a lot of us don't see the behind the scenes of this journey, right? And, you know, I really want to ask, I really want to start the interview with this question. And Dan, if you can please tell us how it was your life in the first five years of immigrating to Canada? Well, it was hell. <laughs> so I was born in Hong Kong. So I immigrated to Canada when I was 14 years old. And shortly after that, my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old. So as the only child in my family growing up, so my mom basically raised me up. So at the time when we first moved to Canada, we were staying in a one-bedroom small condo. Uh, my mom was to stay in the living room. No, I was staying in the bedroom. I would sleep on the floor on, in the living room with like a like a bed or something like that it was not very good and at the time i was going to high school and i was one of only one of only three chinese in my school so i got bullied every single week i got beat up and people made fun of me because i was like little guy short guy super now i'm a little bit stronger but back then i was like 105 pounds so it's like i was like so skinny right so i got pushed around and they made fun of my accent because i i couldn't talk and I had no friends. Like I was one of those guys that I would sit in the very back of the classroom yeah. and I would never put on my hand because I was afraid to talk and I would have no friends. And I was the, you, you would be in, in class with me for two, three semesters and you wouldn't know my name. Because every, when every, time, every, every day after I finished school, I would take my backpack and I wouldn't, talk, wouldn't even make contact with anybody. I was so afraid of making connection with people. I would look at, on the floor and I would just walk and and kind of don't even walk, don't walk in the center, just on the side. All the lockers are this way. And I would just go home and I wouldn't, wouldn't talk to anybody. And it went on for, for many, many months, right? Wow, that was a really tough part of your life, I bet. I can only imagine, um, you know, what, what you've been through. But with that being said, you still pushed strongly. You still pushed forward. 
what do you think was your motivation back then and how how, how do you see that okay. so at first he was sending some money and some allowance to my mom so we could live yep. and i remember one day when i went home uh, my the door like my the door was closed from the from the bedroom and i heard my mom was on the phone i can roughly hear she was crying on the phone and i wasn't sure what's going on so i kind of like east trouble what's going on and i knock hey mom is everything okay oh don't worry about it is everything's okay then after that i talked to her and she was clearly crying and i always remember that look on her face it, it was a look of hopelessness because that's when my dad told my mom that he couldn't send my, us money anymore that we pretty much on our own and i and i remember i that face i still remember it very clearly i said to myself i never want to see that face again i don't care what the fuck it takes i don't want to see that facial expression on my mom ever again and i said i'll do whatever it takes i'll make the money i'll be successful so that she doesn't have to worry and i never to see that face again and that's when i said okay i'm going to do whatever it takes i'm going to get a job i'm going to start a business i'm going to make money whatever it takes to take care of my family so my my child and my teenage years unlike most people i didn't actually have much of a teenage years because yeah. when my friends were drinking they're partying they're chasing girls i was working like for the first five years of my career starting in high school i started my first business when i was in high school and even in college i was or always have something on the side yeah always building my company working on my thing and yeah i didn't take a single day off for five years straight i didn't watch a single single sports game i still don't watch sports game i don't know what that stuff is like what basketball team or what team is whatever so i had no clue and so the first five years people look at me as oh like i'm not i'm still a young guy i'm like 37 years old i've accomplished a lot I've done a lot of things mainly because i sacrificed a lot in those early days i Got did it. what most people would not do so now i can have what most people won't have right first of all i, I believe communication equals wealth so if you want to be successful in a in an english speaking country you got to learn the language you cannot just be stay in your own comfort zone and hang out with friends and people that only speak your language if you want to make money you want to be successful you got to communicate with people so at the time i would just very simply i have my dictionary yep. and every single day i would write on a on a little index card and every single day i want to learn one word that was it i write down here's a word i don't know what that means okay i write it down and i would pronounce i try to do it and at the time i had these uh, dictionary dictionary minute, minute, yeah, yeah minute, so it would pronounce the word for you i would listen to it and i would try to do it and i would listen to it and i would try i do it more and more and more and i still speak with an accent today so don't let that hold you back it doesn't mean anything but what i'm saying is if you want to create wealth you have to learn a language you have to commit to learning a language because unless you know how to communicate with people forget about doing business you cannot you just True. cannot do it so and then later on i joined toastmasters which is a non-profit in case you don't know to learn public speaking. Then I was joined it to boost my confidence to overcome my anxiety of of speaking and that and that helped as well. Because I think a lot of immigrants work very hard. Okay? And you're watching this you know you work very hard. But I think a lot of immigrants at the same time a lot of them don't become successful. So I'm not a big proponent I know there are like different people talking oh you got to hustle. You always got to hustle. You got to hustle but I think you got to hustle the right way. So it's not just hustling it's about 
Like I'm a big believer in developing your own what I call your high income skills.、Mm -hmm. You, in order to make more money, in order to be more successful, you have to have something value, valuable that you offer to the marketplace. Your talent, your ideas, your expertise, whatever that is, doesn't matter what it is. Once you have that, you need to find ways to keep increasing your value so you can earn more. So it's not just hustling. You know I mean, if you're working at a dead end job as a dishwasher, I don't care how many dishes you wash, you're not going to be very successful.、Yeah. You can hustle. But that's not it. You gotta hustle the right way. So that's number one. And the second thing I think what changed my life, the answer for me was I found my mentor. That may not be the answer for everybody, but that was the answer for me. I was reading the books, I was attending the seminars, I was hustling. My life was struggling. I was just struggling a lot until I found my first mentor. His name is Alan. So Alan took me under his wings and he taught me how the world works, how business works. Hmm. Interesting. For someone that's full-time employed and maybe want to break through, and、um, you know, jump into their own thing, what's what's your advice on that? The first year when I was working, learning from a mentor, I worked for him for one year, for next to nothing, just basically as a volunteer. But I always refer that year as the million-dollar year of my life because I got a million-dollar worth of education from from that year from him. So I wasn't just、Because、working the skill. The skill he he taught me business, he taught me marketing, how all this stuff works. So that was extremely extremely valuable. So later on, when I started my own thing, from that experience, I took it to of course start my own business. But I already have a decent foundation. That you cannot get from a book. That you cannot get from an interview. You cannot get from a podcast. You get it one on one. No, it makes perfect、right. sense. I, I, It's like think about I as you know you probably know I'm a martial artist. Yeah. Right. My my background is you think about back then in ancient like history, how one master who has a deadly martial art skill, how does he pass the skill on to somebody else?、Mm -hmm. It's not I'll show you a video, or here's some DVD, or here's a podcast. No. Doesn't work that It, way.、Yeah. It's a one-on-one. -on -one Closed door, behind door. I'm gonna teach you. You're gonna practice. I'm gonna correct you, right? You're gonna practice. That's how skills are transferred. Same thing in business. No, but it makes so much sense. I mean, we all have access to the same level of information, but not so many get it to the level that they should. Correct? So yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It, it doesn't change. It's the same thing. Less than. Less than six percent of population makes over three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Less than one percent of the population, no, less than six percent of population makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Less than one percent of population makes over more than three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. You look at anyone by the age of sixty-five, only most people are dead or dead broke. Only less than one percent succeed financially. I don't care if it's the internet, I don't care if it's Instagram, I don't care if it's YouTube. That statistics doesn't change. We. In spite of now, we have so much information out there, we have、yeah. so much knowledge out there, so many books out there, so many—it's the same. It's still that one percent. Do you think everybody can have access to this information? Same. Ten years later, with、uh, artificial intelligence, guess what? The statistics is the same. It doesn't change.、True. It hasn't changed in many years. That's so true. Now, let's say someone accomplished those skills, and at the beginning. At the beginning stages of their business, let's say they start working one-on-one. -on -one. It can be freelance work, coaching online in the health space, etc. What's the next step for them? 
you know that is a topic I could talk for like probably three hours but I'll give you a couple important little, yeah. important tips first of all there is absolutely no relationship between being good at what you do and getting paid zero I don't care how good you are how how much experience you have there's a huge relationship between being good at what you do being able to close and getting paid so the first thing is you have to learn to communicate your value how to close someone on your service let's say let's say you're a freelancer right now you're charging i don't know two thousand dollars a project okay you do the same amount of work that's cool let's say you're talking to a client and let's say your closing skill is better than before you're more confident on the phone by talking to the client instead of charging two thousand dollars you're going to charge four thousand dollars and you close that client because you could close. Yeah. Suddenly, you're making twice as much money doing the same work. You have not changed. Your skill has not changed. What you do has not changed. What has changed is your ability to close. By improving that, suddenly your earning ability dramatically improves. Now, here's the thing. What if you could close $6,000? What if you could close $10,000? Notice, I'm one of the highest paid consultants does that mean I'm one of the um, best in the world? Maybe, maybe not. I'm definitely one of the most expensive. And how, what determines if you're expensive or not is the marketplace willing to pay you for what you charge. Can you find someone maybe somewhere, someplace in the world, they know a little bit more about X than I do? Pro who knows? But definitely I get paid more than them. That's the important thing, right? So yeah. that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's the ability to, to ask for big money and get it. And most people, they try to work on the thing. It's not the thing. It's the thing that sells the thing. The it's ability to close. To close. It's never the thing. And here's the thing. People, they spend so much fucking time working on the thing. They're not spending time enough time closing. And they say, well, let me just get better at what I do. I'll make more money. No, no. You get better at closing. What happens is you can charge more money. You can deliver more value. You can serve more people. You get more experience. You work with more people. Of course, then you get better. Compare someone who works with this many clients and you work with this many clients. Of course, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to get better. That's it's that chicken and egg thing. That's also so true. Now, since we are on this topic, um, how can somebody improve their ability to close a client on the phone? What I do is, that's probably what I'm most well known for, and I'm going to give a, do, a, do, a, do a shameless plug here. I teach a program called High Ticket Closer Program, which I take people through a seven-week program from like not knowing anything about sales, from after seven weeks, being able to close, being a high ticket closer. So it takes a seven-week period where they learn the techniques and then also they role play with other students from all over the world. And actually, not just learning passively, but you're practicing, right? And every week I teach them one module live with me on the phone, one-on-one. -on -one. One -on -one. And we could be like the group, let's say you have a question about how to handle this objection. I unmute you and you do it. I will show you how to do it right on the spot, right? So that's what I teach. Uh, it, it does, I think it takes a minimum of seven weeks to, to teach that mm -hmm. uh, and also to learn that. And, but it's, it's a lot of different things from like it's, it goes way beyond the, what I cover in, what can cover in a video, but it's you know, the way you ask questions. Because the way you do high ticket sales is so different than traditional sales. You know traditional sales? Give me some techniques, right? 
Hey guys, this is Marion. I'm just going to pause this for a second because a lot of you that are on my list saw initially this interview on YouTube and asked me if I know anything about the HTC program, the High Ticket Closer Certification Program. And um, I decided to do a full in-depth tutorial about it since I was one of the students. I graduated season seven and wanted to point out, you know, pros and cons and everything about the program coming from a student perspective. So if you go to highticketcloserprogram.com, you'll be able to see my entire review of the program. Now let's go back. So cold, cold calling, yeah, it could cold be calling, that, yeah. cold calling, or they do stuff like traditional sales about uh, the alternative clothes, right? Would you like it in blue? Would you like it in red, right? Yeah. Would you like this? Give people too many options. Too many options or all this bullshit, right? No. Like when he, here's a problem. When you're selling low ticket stuff, mm -hmm. that might work. Oh, how can I help you today? When it comes to high ticket sales, none of that shit works. You have to do the opposite. When you're selling high ticket offer, when you're selling something for 10,000, 20, 30, 50, $100,000, the last thing you want is sound like a salesperson. Because no one wants to be sold. Everyone loves to buy, but they don't want to be sold. Especially at that price, right? They want to know, they want to feel like they are making a decision on their own. They don't want to feel like you, you twist the arm or you, you, you high pressure them to making the decision. Nobody likes that. Even though you could twist the arm and close that sales, there's bias remorse. You know when you're doing this stuff right, after you close the client, like a $20,000 sale, and the client's like, thank you for closing me. That's when you know you got this. And that's what happens to me, to my students, right? We close the sale and the client says, thank you. Right, because he sees the value and understands what kind, of a, what kind of a value they get in exchange of you that's know, correct. that amount. They feel oh, good that's... and we feel good. Now, I want to touch upon personal branding a little bit because your brand obviously speaks for itself, including the way your team is dressed up, the way they talk, the way they act. What's your, what's your opinion on this? I very much subscribe to the principle, I believe, you cannot get rich looking poor. I think, I, I think in North America, it's a lot of the dress casual and, and jeans and all that. Yep. And people always argue with me, oh, what about Steve Jobs? What about Richard Branson? They, they're billionaires, they dress casual. I say, if you're a billionaire, you can dress whatever the hell you want. Okay? But before you get, but before you get to a billionaire, you better dress. Because here's the thing, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So when you meet someone new, the people do judge a cover, a book by its cover. Yep. You cannot help. So when you look good, same simple question. When you look good, do you feel good? Do you, when you feel good, do you perform better? So I'm saying, if you look at what you do, you are promoting yourself all the time. You address accordingly. Like think about this interview. How could Dan Locke be the king of high-tech sales if today I'm wearing a cheap t-shirt and Makes it doesn't sense. make sense, right? You got to look apart. So I say, forget what everybody else does. You look at it, this conference, 3,000 people. You can immediately recognize who is my guy. It does say something. No, it really does. And that's why I said when I entered the vendor room, I mean, you could point out exactly which one is Dan Locke's team. Because like I said, I was just talking to you about this, uh, the way they... They, they're dressed up, the way they talk, the way they act. So yeah. It's all, it's all part of it. So depends on what you want to do. So as, a, so as a freelancer, as a consultant, I don't care what you do when you're out there meeting with people, you are promoting yourself, you are a brand. Here's the thing, you are a personal brand. 
regardless if you want to be or not. Because right now, people think of personal brand of like they make it so complex. It just means people's impression of you. Right now, when you go out there and meet people, they have an impression of you. It may be good, maybe bad. I don't it, know. It is one. It is one. And so I say, why not be strategic? Why not be in charge of how you want the world to perceive you? When you're at home, trust me. When I'm at home, that's fine. You know, be casual. In my underwear, that's perfectly fine. All right, Dan, you shared so much with us today. What I want to ask you is. Not even necessarily a summary, because I'll do that in my blog and in the show notes. But if you'd want to simplify the process for someone that would like to achieve a high-end clientele or status in their business, what do you think? Like, what would you tell them to do in maybe a couple steps?、Uh, I'll wrap it up with a story. Okay, and then I'll give you the Perfect, the、yeah. idea. So, so, so many years ago, I was attending a Conference, a two-day conference, in fact, and at the time was like in, in digital marketing. We're talking many, many years ago. So the first day, the speaker stood up there on stage. He was talking about how you can add more subscribers to your email list. Now back then, we're talking old time. He was teaching a concept on how to add a pop-up to your homepage.、Yep. You know, the,、yeah. like a little pop-up, right? And he said, by adding this, you get more subscribers. I said, cool. So day one, when I went back to my hotel room. I call my web guy and say, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna add this pop-up and we're gonna test this out." And it worked. It doubled the amount of opt-in we were getting. So day two, when I went back and just shared with the speaker, "Hey, man, I implemented a strategy. It really worked. I doubled my subscriber rate." Now, in the audience, there must be probably around 500 people or so. And then he asked the question, "Oh, this is great. Dan implemented a strategy. It, it worked. Put up your hand. How many of you also implemented a strategy?" Nobody. Zero. No hand went up. So no execution. I, I was shocked. I thought everybody implemented. I thought everybody was like me. Of course you implement. What do you mean? Go to conference, you learn, you implement this shit. Nobody. That's when I got it. You know the moment when you felt like you're a little bit different, you're special. That's the moment when I felt. You know what? I thought everybody's like this. Nobody was like this. So over the years, my competitive advantage is my speed. Nowadays, it's not the big fish that eats the the small fish; it's the fast fish that eats the big fish. It's not how much you know. Remember, we're talking about how much、yeah. information. It's how fast you can execute. Because whatever that you know, six months, a year from now, it's going to be obsolete. So it's how fast you know, and how fast you can learn, and how fast you can implement. So my competitive advantage over the years. That's why there's some people. I always say, don't study the people. Oh, I went from zero to a million dollars in whatever months. I went from zero to whatever five million dollars in in whatever months. Don't be so much. Don't be so impressed by those guys. Study the guys who have success for a long period of time. So you see, oh, are they are they just fly by night? Are they here two years from now? Are they here five years from now? Are they here fifteen years from now? Are they going like this or are they like? You can see most guys, including this conference, can go on. A different industry. A different whatever they're doing, right? Are they still like this? Study the. There's one in hundred thousand that are like this over the years. They're like very. You want to study guys like that. So, speed, money, love, speed. Goes. Let me go back to answer your question. Three-step blueprint, five-step blueprint, three-step formula. The problem is the very idea of high-ticket or entrepreneurship. It's about innovation. 
It's about doing stuff that nobody's had done, nobody thought of before. The minute you want to look for that, you're going against the very nature of entrepreneurship. You're doing all the other people have done. The minute you're looking for their blueprint, you're not an entrepreneur. You're not going to go very far. Because the minute you say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, I'm going to learn from everybody, but I'm not looking for rules. I'm simply looking for maybe some principles or a rough idea that I could filter and I can implement. And then from the implementation, from my own interpretation experience, I will find out what works or not. It's like martial art. You learn from an instructor. Hey, you know what? You shouldn't kick. You shouldn't kick. Okay, let me don't kick. The instructor was telling you don't kick because he's not flexible. Doesn't mean you shouldn't kick. You've got long leg, you're flexible. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no. it's not like, but we take it from, oh yeah, don't kick. You don't want to do that. Oh, you don't want to hit this way. You want to do that way. No, you got to take. And that's one thing I have so much respect for my instructor, my Sifu. He said, don't believe a word that I say. Day one. He said, whatever I'm teaching you, you experiment. I'm going to teach you, you try it on yourself. I'm like, that's a, the, great, the greatest teacher I could ever have. Day one, he said, don't believe a word I say. Because every single teacher said, do exactly what I say. No, he said, don't believe a word I say. What works for me might not work for you. I want you to try it. I want you to think independently. I want you to think for your own. And that's what I want to teach you. Forget the steps. Because what works for someone, the five step, May you wanna, may not, maybe it's three step for you. Maybe it's 10 step for you. I don't know you. I don't know your situation. I don't know your background. I don't know your skill. Well, how would that even, doesn't make sense. And here's the thing, what I could do now, doesn't mean you could do. On the other hand, what you could do doesn't mean what I could do. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode because Dan really shared some powerful information with all of us. Now, again, for all of you that were wondering what is this high ticket closer certification program that Dan runs, um, I invite you to highticketcloserprogram.com where I personally do a complete in-depth review about it and that can give you you know a different insight from a student perspective and you may have some questions we have some answers for you over there so go to highticketcloserprogram.com and you'll be able to watch the video read all the notes over there and uh, any questions that you have just hit the support button in there and you'll be able to uh, to ask them right there all right thanks a lot for listening guys and i'll talk to you guys soon take care Hey podcast listeners, I want you to know that I really appreciate your attention and I don't take it lightly. That's why each month we pick a lucky winner and we give away books, mentorship, software, courses, iPads, and other cool stuff. The way to enter is go to clientacquisitionpodcast.com and sign up. You'll get all the details there. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.